0: <laughs> I'm not I'm not in the best of moods. <laughs> no, I, I can't tell. Although I should be because here's the great thing. We are uh, the number 6 podcast. Well, uh, what in Christianity or just ever in the world? Uh number 6 in I think Christian podcasts in Romania. Are
1: we? hmm <laughs> That must be galling for all seven Christian podcasts in Romania.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're huge in Bucharest, I imagine. Oh, well, that's good news. Yeah, that is good news, but less good news is we've dropped to 132 in Namibia. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah, apparently.
1: Oh, well, there there goes global domination then.
0: Well, welcome everybody to episode 211 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. I'm laughing because this is the second attempt. (laughs) It's better this time. (laughs) It's the first time I had a coughing fit. Uh, 211 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name's Nick Page and there is Joe Davis in front of me. Hello. On a screen. Yes, indeed. Are, Are you growing a beard? Well, just for the weekend, sir. Why for the weekend? I don't know.
1: I just thought i uh, doing a wedding in France. I oh, know I'll have a beard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, is what? That part of the rules. Isn't I it, don't.
1: For... I don't know what the what the French traditions are around weddings there, but I imagine you have to have a beard.
0: It suits you actually. It's looking good. Thanks. Yeah.
1: It's not as it it's not as long as yours. It's not as biblical as yours is. I don't think.
0: No, mine's, mine's more patriarchal, I think. <laughs> it is a little bit more patriarchal. Abrahamic. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's been going longer, my beard, hasn't it? So, you know, it's more lush.
1: It is. Anyway, that's great news about our uh, figures in Romania. Number six. I know. Huge in Romania. Don't let mm. it go to your
0: head and don't let it change you. No, it won't. It won't. Thank I <laughs> <laughs> i still remain as arrogant as I was before, really. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, what have you been doing?
1: Uh, well, uh, let's see now. Uh, obviously, I went to see um, Coldplay, uh, Katy Perry, Ed Sheeran and ABBA at the weekend.
0: Uh, which but hold good. on. You can't have possibly been to see that group of people. <laughs> not least, because I know that... Unless you went to the hologramic thing no. up in London.
1: So this right. is this is the party in the park, Steam Gardens in Worthing. And uh, we have kind of like, you know, the best, perhaps not the best, tribute acts to those <laughs> fans.
0: <laughs> OK.
1: Anyway, it's marvellous fun. It happens once a year. And I suppose, you know, you have your village you know, running thing, whatever it is you do with the models. What did you call that? It's the shirt race. The the shirt race. You have the shirt race. We have mm. the party in the park. Anyway, so that was got Here, I'll tell you, though, about that. Have you noticed that many people have gone to Coldplay and everyone has said, and they're putting it on Facebook, how brilliant it is? And I could have gone. I got in the queue last mm. year. I was about number 4,000 and something. Anyway, I went to the front and I, I got the tickets. But it's like £100 each mm. ticket. And so I had to get two. So I didn't. I thought, Do you know what? I love Coldplay, but not £250 much. Mm. But then you think, oh, everyone's had such a great time.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. I don't
1: know. But that's a lot of money, isn't it? Oh, I had
0: exactly that. Because when Kate Bush did her... Yeah, a series of gigs quite a while back, and and came out of having not done any gigs for decades. Yeah, I got to the front of the queue there, and I didn't buy a ticket because it was even more than it was like hundred and thirty or something. Oh no! But then. She hasn't done any more, and she's probably not going to do any more. No, you that's think, it. That
1: was your last chance.
0: I should have done it. I know.
1: Yeah. It's tricky. It's so tricky. It's such a lot. of Because that's almost like three units of electricity nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> so, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was the right so, thing. Yeah.
0: Well, it was, you know, if it's a choice between boiling the kettle and seeing Kate yeah. Bush, I know which <laughs> i <I'd> choose, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so these were tribute acts. The Ed Sheeran Tribute Act. Yeah. I mean, no. a redheaded guy with yeah, a guitar, with presumably. a shimmery and a guitar, but yeah. not
1: even looping or doing anything. It's all backing checks anyway. Never mind, yeah. bless him. Okay. He did his best, and we cheered along. And and of course, the great thing is you just have to, you, you do have to pretend it is the actual artist and get try and get as excited as you would. It's all fun. It's all fun. It's the kind of make believe world we live in in Worthing, frankly. Um, uh, on a much cheaper note, I went to see Fisherman's Friends, uh, which is the new movie about. Um, obviously, uh, The Fisherman's Friends from Port Isaac. (laughs) not not The Throat loss. Not The Throat loss. Not a film about The Throat Lozenges, no, sadly. Uh, Okay. Yeah, so that was fun. And uh, off to do a wedding in France tomorrow. Yeah, lovely. So that's very nice, isn't it? There we go. Yeah, yeah, it is, I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not really a globe trotter and then suddenly I'm doing a couple of trips like that. So there you
0: go. So how are you getting there? Are you... Euro starring it, or are you flying, or what are you doing? No, I'm flying. They paid oh, for me. They've
1: flown, wow. they've flown me out. I'm living this high life just for wow. you know, a little while. They've flown me out there. They're putting me out, and yeah. So well, lovely that's it. Wow. Ryanair, here we come. <laughs> Gotta go from
0: Stansted Airport. That's an awkward oh, airport. Yeah. That is an
1: awkward airport.
0: Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? I've yeah. been to pick up my daughter there at some unearthly hour (laughs) the thing that you do
1: what's happening in your life where are you at what's going on
0: how's the book i i can't really think of anything to say i i mean (laughs) i just don't do anything and uh nothing gets finished um um, if I'm honest, I'm a little bit depressed at the moment, a little bit down, a little bit anxious and things like that. So I'm struggling a little bit, but I mean for no good reason apart from the fact that sometimes it comes on at this time of year really. I don't know why. Yeah. Well perhaps it's all the good
1: cheery news we're having all the time. Uh, that that's helping. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: that's really helping. No, I don't know. Yeah, I preached at the weekend, that was good. That was oh, nice. it. Um yeah. Hey, do you know what I did? I did an altar call. Did you? Well, not quite, but you know, I did. A, if you never prayed and you want to pray, yeah. If you want to follow Jesus, it was all about like following Jesus because I think that is something to do with Christianity. I don't know what, but <laughs> I think we've lost it over the years. But I suspect that was the essence of it. <laughs> it was kind of hinted at early on. Uh, so it was, it was all to do with that thing we talked about last week. I've decided to follow Jesus, yeah. and, you know, talked about and sung about. Yes, um, wasn't that a triumph? Yeah,
1: I, mean, I think so. I wonder if anyone is listening this week
0: for fear. <laughs> Editing uh, a song sung over Zoom is a nightmare, I'll tell you. <laughs> Even to try and get us in the same
1: month in terms of the time,
0: let alone close, was really hard. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I did that and then I haven't really done much. I mean, I have been working hard, but I, you know... I need a holiday, really. That's what I need. Yes, you do. And are you having uh, one? I yes. Well, I suppose we should. Uh, we should. Yes, we announce, should. Shouldn't we? That that September is uh, the month of absence. Yes, it is. Uh, in the sense that uh, I'm going away, and then you're going away. Yes. But fear not, listener, mm. uh, because we will be putting some podcasts out. We'll we've got a lot of interviews stacked up, basically. So so September will be kind of interview month. Really, and hmm. uh, we'll put a couple of those out. I think, but uh, you know, we we just we're just sort of away for quite a lot of it.
1: Yeah, indeed.
0: Yeah, well said. So I'm looking Thank forward you. to that. So I need I need a holiday, but you know. Yeah, and the books. I'm enjoying the book actually. It's going it's going all right, but it's just oh, it's slow. When do you uh, When do you actually hand in the first draft? Well, they haven't actually bothered now to give me a, a deadline. They've Is sort of not? thought there's just really no point here. Just <laughs> um. Whenever, you know, they just said, whatever. That's.
1: (laughs) I imagine your senior editor or whoever it is probably has a drink problem by now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, they've got, the thing is, they've got lots of successful writers that uh, are churning out work. So they don't need my little drivel.
1: Don't be falsely humble. We know you're their
0: star prize. No, I'll I'll probably meet with them a bit later and we'll we'll sort it out. But at the moment, it's it's I'm I'm quite enjoying it. I'm just hey, do you know what? I'm just writing up about some of the churches we went to and I'm remembering how happy you were oh, on that day.
1: Yes, the longest
0: day of my life. Thank <laughs> you. Good. Well, there's some more down in in Sussex. I'd like to visit, so I'll be I'll be coming your way great (laughs) i can't wait as always anyway should we get on shall we yeah because we got Hmm.
1: some we got a couple of good bit of feedback and some some thing i want to discuss with you so uh let's do this this is from claire um who says this. Uh, hi guys, I listened to your Christmas in August episode that was once Christmas in July. Funnily enough, Christmas in July is not unheard of down here in Kiwiland because December is our summer. It's not unusual for Christmas Day to involve a barbecue and a walk on the beach. Some people organise midwinter Christmas celebrations to experience a more traditional fair. Perhaps you Northern Hemisphere folk could start a midsummer Christmas tradition. You could ponder the incarnation without distraction and then have a moment's silence remembering the colonies. That's from Claire in New Zealand. I like that.
0: Oh. I thought nice, someone yeah.
1: would write in about that, to be fair. Uh, so thank you, Claire, for doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I. Uh, hello. Hello, Wanganui.
1: Wanganui?
0: Or... I think that's in New Zealand, isn't it? I don't know, is it? I don't know. We're globe trotting today, aren't we? Romania, Namibia. Uh, I know. Wanganui. We got one from Cambodia coming up later. I don't want to oh, spoil the surprise, oh, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: And then uh well, listen, we had a beautiful email um uh in I'll I'll keep this one anonymous actually for reasons that uh, are be obvious. Um but this uh, this wonderful lady wrote in and she's basically sharing her experience of grief uh, and of hope, actually, following uh, a miscarriage that nearly resulted in her death. That's the point. And then and then she's had multiple other miscarriages. And she says six years on, it's left her with PTSD Um but she wrote beautifully, actually, of her vision of one day seeing her children in the presence of God. Do you remember last week we were pontificating about? I, I just don't know how I see heaven and 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 what mm. we hang on to and what's metaphor and how do we see it. But she wrote this lovely thing, and um, and she finished with this poem, which I thought we could share. So so this is a poem called "The Child Who Never Drew Breath." Mother, I never knew hunger. You fed me always. Mother, I never was weary. You carried me close. Mother, I never grew cold. You cocooned me with love. Mother, you never saw my face. I opened my eyes on the glory of God. Mother, you never saw me smile. I laugh for joy in the heavenly place. Mother, you never heard my voice. I sing and I dance and I shout with glee. You never held me in your arms and yet you gave me life. So Jesus treasures me safe from all harm. The mother awoke and smiled tears of delight. But oh, sweet child of mine, I miss the sound of breathing through the night. Wow. So, yeah, thank you for that. It was just so beautiful and moving and, you know, uh, a kind of demonstrative of the wide range of emails we get from the deeply moving to the crazy to the, you know, ridiculous. We we love it all. Thank you. That,
0: that was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing.
1: Yeah, that was great. Um, so uh, let's leave the feedback there for now. But Doctor Page, mm. <laughs> here's the thing. I saw this post uh, on a Facebook group. Oh, uh, it's, it's a little while ago now. But I mean, meaning to discuss it with you because I thought it was good. So I found it and I've 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 copied it. Um, so I'm part of a group that explores, you know, spirituality, well, several groups that explore spirituality and theology and all the rest of it. Um, and and one write, writer wrote this, and um, I just thought it would be worth pondering on this one. And they said, This morning I contemplated my long-term relationship with religion, specifically Catholicism, and I realised that in my case it was a take-take relationship, ego-fed ego. I used her... She used me, but neither one cared. We were getting our share. And that's from Bob Seeger. that quote. It says, here I discovered that the devil wasn't the only one I could sell my soul to. It happens within the well-intentioned confines of religion on a surprisingly regular basis, disguised as humble, submissive service to God through clericalism and the worship of institutional power, which are also false gods. And sadly, I worshipped both. I was inexplicably drawn to seek salvation from an outside institutionalised group source and through the specially selected ordained ones rather than from my own experience of God's grace. It was a powerful draw for someone seeking acceptance, belonging and the prestige of being right about God. The church gained a zealous servant and I gained a sense of power and status through affiliation a near perfect example of conditional love which was the only kind I knew at that time. Don't get me wrong, I'm grateful for those years and for what they taught me about God, myself and blind faith in authority and the realisation that that wasn't a relationship at all, it was an addiction. Once I stopped trying to be right about God, I discovered God everywhere, in everything and in everyone, even me. So, yeah, that was someone's ponderings. Um, on this group and it it struck me there were bits of that that really resonated with me not all of it but but some things I thought were really interesting I like that phrase at the beginning about uh, a take-take relationship where ego fed on ego and what do
0: you think that means
1: I think that means the sort of how I think perhaps as you're going through and perhaps even coming out the other side of mid-faith crisis, you, you kind of, you see the system that sort of, the system of religion that sort of keeps feeding itself. You feed on it, it feeds on you. You feed on it, it feeds on you. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Mm. Um, I, I mean, we've reflected before about that sort of interesting relationship between sometimes the, the authority figure in a church and the congregation and 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 how that dynamic works and it's can be quite strange at times i remember i remember talking to you once about um you know a, a sermon i did and it was one of those sermons that you know i probably hadn't allowed enough time to prepare and so it it got it got it was, it was on commitment and and prayer and and and, and 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 I sort of ended up making people feeling guilt, guilty, you know, that they were a bit inadequate and they didn't pray enough and they didn't, you know, the sort of classic evangelical thing you do from time to time. And I can remember, I can remember so clearly, so many people came up to me afterwards. That was great. That was, oh man, I really needed to hear that. That was spot on. You know, it's a really unusual amount of feedback.
0: Mm.
1: But later on, I, I've realised that there's, there's something about a system that you go to church, the guy at the front sort of makes you feel a bit bad, but you sort of feel you need it. And you sort of and you go away, you might not actually even change one slightest bit, you just go back next week to be reminded that you perhaps lack commitment, and you could be doing better and everything. But hey, you know, here's communion, and we can all be forgiven and everything. And I I think, to me, when he talked about ego feeding upon ego, that's the system. There's this sort of strange relationship between the authority in the church and the people who go to the church in those kind of earlier stages, I think. And that's that's what was resonating for me in that. I mean, did you,
0: did you, did you see anything else in that? Well, I suppose I have a... You know, I don't resonate particularly with the piece, in a sense, that. But I've never been uh, particularly uh, impressed... By authority figures mm. or or institutionalized religion as such, uh, I suppose it depends how you define it. I I I do like, as you know, sort of ritual and yeah. and that yeah. kind of stuff sure. and the established kind of forms and patterns. But I've never been particularly impressed by leaders. I've never been in a big church, or, for example, right. okay. or. Or anything like that, um and that may be because, I, I don't just because of an accident of where I am. But um I don't, I don't really know. So, so I, I, I'm trying to think. Well, how does the ego feed the ego? I suppose it does for me in terms of, well, yeah, you get up and you speak and you, yeah. you know, you're part of this and that feeds your ego, because you know, look at me, I am, yeah. I am one of these people. I, look, look how validated I am. Um, but again, I think I've got better over the years at seeing that for what it is, which is fake, really. It's, it's mm, just... Yeah. Uh, it, it. And, and this is where I think being grounded in a particular community helps, rather than having a sort of relationship with... He, I think he talked about a relationship with religion. Yeah. You know, um, or a relationship with, with you know, the, 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 the authoritative church or well, the institutional church. I don't really think I have that. I think I have a relationship with a group of people. Um, And so I have a relationship with with the people at my church rather than the Church of England. I don't feel I have any particular relationship with the Church of England. Yeah, that sounds
1: like quite a mature view. Do you think you've always been that way or do you think that's just where you are now?
0: It's probably not always been that way. Um, Yeah, you're right. Definitely there was a time way back when, firstly, going into Christian ministry... Uh, capital C, capital M, obviously. Mm, obviously. Um, uh, where you then become part of the inner circle and then you know all the big, you know, the people who stand up yeah. on Spring Harvest stage, main stage, yeah. you've done that. You've spoken to yeah. them and, you you know, they know you, you're you in their filofax as it yeah. was in the 80s. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like... <laughs>
1: You got it, you got it in there, file the of Yeah. No, you're right, that <laughs>
0: kind of thing. I suppose that's where it hit for me that 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 you were part of not you're part of a particular kind of institutionalised religion, which was the big evangelical mm. kind of conferences and festivals and stuff like that of the of that era. Mm. Um But we soon sort of shot ourselves in the foot with that one anyway, didn't we? <laughs> because of the shows we used to do. So so that yeah, that that, that that didn't work um, I don't know I, I don't feel like I've ever been in any particularly inner circle there's certainly been a time when I've wanted to I think but right. but but maybe not now but I suppose what he's talking about is how you draw your sense of yourself from this yes exactly this thing and everything becomes about look at the obedience I'm giving and in turn in reward for this obedience I get I get mm. you know a position of mm. uh, sure. you know prestige or whatever um mm.
1: Well, I, I, I liked it because I thought it was interesting to hear. I don't know where he's at fully on his faith journey, but it, it was interesting to hear someone who's been through that journey. For me, it was a very sort of, you know, a, a stere- not a stereotype, what's the word, archetypal mm. of of the journey we make, where you're looking back and you're reflecting and going, yeah, that was absolute bongo's what, what used to be and the way that system worked, yeah, and the yeah. way I was. And now he's sort of seeing a more universal God, you know, and I think embracing less certainty and, and, and more mystery and everything. But I what, this this last line I thought was interesting because it does seem to me that you, all of us seem to get to a place that is something like this. And he said, once I stopped trying to be right about God, I discovered God everywhere, in everything and in everyone, even me. And that really resonated with me. I thought this is the interesting sort of discovery that I think we get to. And does it does it mean that we become far more prone to become universalists the longer we keep growing and expanding our faith, evolving our faith? Is that the inevitable outcome? Because you break free of the tribal outlook of God and you just start to think, do you know what? If God is God and God is love, then this God must love everyone, not just a certain few who believe a certain way or a certain thing. It just seems crazy to think any other way. Eventually, do you think or not?
0: Well, I mean, that that might be one outworking of it. I mean, there would be other ways of dealing with that particular issue, I guess. I, I suppose, I suppose it's, it's that phrase. You know, once I stop trying to be right about God, what we have to be careful about is. Mm. In that is, um, it's not that there aren't right things about God. It's not that there aren't. I think I, I didn't want to, want to wouldn't want to throw that out to say well actually yeah. there is a correct way of looking at God, because otherwise you could turn God into whatever you want. You know you can you you, you can create God in your own image, which we which everybody is prone to doing anyway. Well, perhaps but, we all do initially. Yeah, we all do. But but the but but that's where I think that there's a sort of dialectic going on here. So what happens mm. is you get. Um, you know, you—it's first half of faith, as it were. You know, you get you get pulled into the thing. You sign up to all the doctrine. You sign up to yeah. all the dogma. You're fully on board. You're a card carrying yeah. member. You're purpose you got your little, Yeah, 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 you are, yeah. You, are. you got your little Baptist membership card. You're there. You're you're <laughs> in there. Okay, and then you go completely the other way here. You suddenly realize, hang on a minute. Yeah, it's I've been spoon fed this stuff it's it's it, it, i've been operating in blind faith i'm going to go completely other way and now i, I i'm going to go through my own experience and all this kind of stuff mm. and and now i it's it's you know it's not about being right back on yeah and i wonder whether you have to come back a little bit from both of those not swing the pendulum too far either way because otherwise where is your authority everybody exists under some kind of authority actually hmm uh, the, the authority might not be any the, the the bloke in the frock up the front anymore yeah um, the authority might well be a series of authors that you read or uh, listen sure. to or it might be your little cult that you in your yeah, case, you establish like, yeah that you establish and lead and no it might be it might be a podcast you listen to heaven forbid it might be just conversations yeah. mentors and I think that actually that we all need that. We all need some kind of guide, actually, because we are all walking each other home. So we need somebody to help us with that. Yes, yeah. Um, so I, I, that's what struck me about it. I don't know how you how you feel about that. And who would be your authorities now might be an interesting question.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't know that I would call them authority figures. I think I think that's the point. I mean, it's that, that's. I think you move from blind faith in authority figures to friends coaches people who inspire you but i don't think you'd call them authority figures anymore because you start to you start to realize oh they're just like you all these people that you thought were on a pedestal or were above you or knew so much more than you or who was so much more godly no they're just like you they're a strange mm. heady mix of really great really awful you know, wonderful at some stuff, crazily immature in other mm. ways, and that's guess what? That's you too. So it levels out a little bit, I think, and so you know, authority figures actually turn me off now. I mean, you know, not and certainly anyone who claimed
0: to be any kind of authority figure. Yeah, no, I can see that. I suppose that word might not be helpful, um, but I. Th- feel I still need to be to sit at the feet of people and learn yeah you know I, I still feel there and and you have to accept that the feet you sit at might be feet of clay you know
1: yes, they might exactly. have yeah, yeah they
0: might have all kinds of problems in fact I know you know people who have mentored me I've found out some significant issues about them later on in life in the past well and there are many high profile people yes exactly. yeah We've sure but there, yeah. but But actually, to me, that still doesn't invalidate the journey that I went on for part of that time. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I get that.
0: And maybe the point is this, that actually blind faith in anybody or anything or any institution is not good. No, exactly. That's not a good thing. No. Trust and, uh, you know... Uh, weighing up wisdom and listening to them and and Mm. and seeking out advice i mean wisdom is such a big theme of theme of the old testament yeah but we don't really talk about it very much in church but the need yeah the need to get to source wisdom is really important in our lives Uh, and you can't i don't think get it all from yourself yeah. Uh, you have to get it from a lot of other people, and I'm available at very reasonable rates uh, <laughs> <if> people <laughs> for wisdom want yeah. a guru. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. Just this maybe I'm sounding old-fashioned here? Maybe I'm not really buying into it. But you know that—that's how I feel about it. Really, I think that that we we swing one way, we swing in reaction to the, the other, and then maybe part of Mid Faith is coming back, and going, "Well, who am I going to listen to? Because I, I I need to listen to some people." Yeah, and also
1: I think not, you know, certainly you know, embracing what has gone before, rather than just rubbishing it. I mean, it's an inevitable stage that you critique your past and your past experiences. But I, I do feel it's important to come back to that place of saying, but actually it served me well for a time. Yeah. And there was good in it as, yeah. as well. It doesn't serve me now. And, and life changes and faith change. We've often talked about, haven't we, how, you know, the Sunday school faith we had was great while we were in the Sunday school. But it's just hard living your life as a 40 or 50 year old with that Sunday school faith because your world has changed. And you and actually Brian McLaren says something great in his new new book, uh, you know, having gone through sort of, you know, the, the book is called Do I Stay Christian? And he's gone through all the reasons why you might not. And then he's gone through the reasons why you perhaps might stay. And one of them he was saying is because you don't need to turn your back on the church you probably just need to find a church that actually now it has it now speaks to your current stage of life you're in a different stage of life and your your church was probably very good at one point but it might not be good now and he said this he said a lot of people leave christianity when really all they needed was to leave a confining form or stage of Christianity. Some people think leaving Christianity will solve their problems, not realising that their problems are rooted in their stage of development, as in their religion. Uh, The reverse is true as well. Some atheists, agnostics or people of other religions become Christians, because Christianity aids in their growth. But eventually, even though a certain form of Christianity solved the problem of one stage, it, beca- it can become a problem at another, creating a, a stained glass ceiling that impedes further growth. And, and I like this because I, I think this is a really important point. You know, for that whole question, we come to, you know, should I stay or should I go? I think, you know, and a lot of people think, you know, I'll be happier if I just leave church now. But actually, after a while of having left church, they realise that that too isn't satisfying. They're missing all sorts of things that would actually help them grow and they're missing community and they're missing other things. Mm. So the problem sometimes isn't church. The problem is also what's going on in your life? What's the stage of your life you're in Mm. now? What's happened there? You know, is it that you didn't have children and now you have children? Or you've had children and they've left home? Or is it that you've you've faced this major crisis and the, the church that's doing all its worship and singing and teaching, you know, it's just not speaking to that particular crisis you're going through or is it that you're getting old or you've got disability or you know all those things mm, mm. so the two are so intimately connected stages of life and stages of faith and I, I found that quite a helpful quote
0: well I think the other thing is that you you can reconnect with things that you have dismissed as you say not oh, just the church yeah. but even practices I, I talked to earlier about sort of preaching and then actually praying a prayer of commitment kind of yeah. thing at the end I never thought I would do that again, in a way. Really? You know, I thought that's part of my life. That's But actually, no, I suddenly realised this is the good news we're sharing here. Yeah, This is the good news yeah. that actually, you know, Jesus shows us what God likes and we can be committed to following Jesus and that leads us into yeah. fullness of life. That is good news. And I want people to have yes, that. Yes, exactly. So when somebody in the, in the congregation said to me, look, you really need to give a, you know, uh, oh. you, could, you could pray a prayer here. And, I, 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 and part of me was going, I, I don't want to do this. you know and yet I thought no she's right so you've got to find but you've got to find the form that is true to who you are now and to where you are in faith now and you rediscover it and so I'm kind of rediscovering that that part of my life but it's a very different way you know, we we're not doing it as we used to at all, and not for the same reasons, and not perhaps with the same ego ego relationship. Right. No, and that's great, and that shows how much you've grown actually to not go. Do you know, what? I'm never
1: doing an auto call again. That's a load of rubbish. You know, what a t- manipulative. Min- min- yeah, min- yeah. You know, and, but you're actually free to go. Do you know what? Spirit might just be prompting me to do this now, and that's okay. I mean, I'll do. Yeah. it. You know, and I think that's great. I really do.
0: So uh, you know, I think it is. It it it. it it's it's that movement we we make yeah you're right we sort of move far away from it and then we come back to it and then and and i do think you're going to need some people in your life some guides to 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 walk with for for part of the journey and you might be different guides at different parts and that's fine yeah yeah good okay well look
1: uh we discussed that. Thank you. Been meaning to discuss that with you for a while now. But uh, yeah, I you. want to finish with a bit of uh, feedback, actually. So uh, let's do that. And this is from uh, Philip. And I think you're going to like this, unfortunately. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. He says this. Hi, Joe. I've been a fan of MFC for a year or so now, but this is my virgin email. And although I'm addressing it to you, it is, in fact, Nick I'm writing to and would like to say thank you to. <laughs> Hoping this little Trish will cause you to groan and Nick to gloat Well, well done, yeah
0: You see, authority figures, what can you say, Joe? Some of us just born to it It's irritating to say the least. (laughs) Anyway, he continues. I'm
1: writing this from Cambodia. My son and his family have lived here for six years and are now relocating to the UK. We are here helping them pack up and travel back to the UK with two children under two, really looking forward to the 10 hour flight. (laughs) The process of leaving Cambodia has been rather stressful due to delays with passport applications in the UK and Cambodian bureaucracy and finally COVID, which required a period of isolation. My son is an atheist and my wife is desperately trying to hold on to phase two faith. As a result, one does not pray while the other attempts to bargain with God for speedy, miraculous interventions, only to get angry when they don't happen. And he says, during one of my reflective prayer times, asking God what to pray at this time, I remembered or was it felt prompted to find Nick's prayer of the 29th of January 2022. And for the past few days, I've been reading this prayer out loud to myself and wife, slowly, thoughtfully, and paying attention to whatever Jesus may want to say to me. In reality, he has not said anything, but that is okay. Simply having such a powerful confession has been enough. In concluding, Nick's prayer has been just what I needed at this time. It has truly helped me be Jesus to my atheist son, and amazing interventionist, although rather disappointed God-believing wife. <laughs> Things are pretty much sorted now, and we should be on our way home in the next few days. So this was written quite a while ago. So they're home now. Um, and he says, "Thank you for literally a faith-saving podcast." And that's regards Philip. And he says, "P.S. Am I the first person uh, being listening in the cast, listening to the cast in Cambodia?" Oh, wow. I'm uh, going to say yes. <laughs>
0: well, I could look up the figures. No, don't. <laughs> no, okay.
1: But um that's great, isn't it? I hope you're encouraged by that because that was a thoughtful prayer. Remind me of the context. Do you remember you were you on a writing retreat or why did you write a prayer out? What was the Do you remember?
0: Um was it the glory to be yeah. to God one? Um yeah. I think it was a part of a I was in a meeting and people were saying, you know, what, 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 what where do you see God's glory? And I, I found like that a really interesting question. And and I wanted to sort of think about genuinely where do I see it? You know, what do I actually? Yeah. What do I love? Uh, I think it's great to uh, to list the things that you love, um, but also the things that you, you accept because, um, you know, they're they're part of life as well. Everything is is sort of part of the way that God speaks to you mm. yeah i do thank you so much i i can't say how much i appreciate that that's really nice and i kind of need to hear that this time so that's great thank you
1: it is brilliant and also you know as someone who comes from kind of extempore prayer background you know do a prayer immediately without thinking about it and it shows <laughs> it's actually nice to have a prayer written out that someone's really thought about and put some soul um into So I've come back to liturgy and written prayers because I, I, I find them so helpful. And I find this prayer helpful. So I thought we could finish with it. Now, the only question is, am I reading this or are you reading this? Um, why, why don't you
0: read it and I'll do the thank
1: yous. I think I should because you read it last time. Well, you do the thank yous and then we are finish with it.
0: Well, firstly, thank you, Philip, for that. And
1: yes, also thank indeed. you
0: to, to the lady who wrote in with that lovely poem. Oh, really appreciated amazing. that. And, thank you. And it's so humbling, uh, genuinely, to, to be the recipients of this kind of stuff. It, it's great. Uh, so thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who supports us. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everybody who sends in feedback and email, and they send it to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Uh, and thank you for listening
1: and uh, we will be back with you
0: next week great
1: so here's a prayer from someone called nick page glory be to god for dogs and beer and laughter kisses handshakes conversation and all the everyday wonders of our lives glory be to god for rust and moss and dappled sunlight wet stones dry leaves and all the surprising beauty of the world Glory be to God for decay and illness, aching joints, hard truths, confessed sins and all the unwelcome guests which lead us Christward. Glory be to God at all times and in all places, not because all times and places are good, nor because they are all as God wishes, but because all lives are fragments of glory and one day we will see that glory clearly and everywhere.